Everybody got a dream. Listen to me. Everybody has a dream, but not everybody got to grind. You are where you are because of how you think. And if you were What's going on, world? Welcome to the Secret to Success world. podcast. I'm your host, CJ, joined as always by the beautiful uh, man of God, the pastor, reverend, um, father, husband. What else, E? Come on, man. Help know. me out. These I, intros I are getting harder and harder, I'm man. Sorry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're getting harder and harder, man. E.T., baby. Nobel That's Peace e. Prize. Future Nobel Peace <laughs> Prize winner. Uh, what else, man? What else? I can't, I can't even think of it, man. But welcome to the show. As always, man, we love having you guys. Thank you so much for all your, your reviews. You know, your commentary has been great. I think we're on episode five now, E. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, that's spooky, though. Cause that means we're getting closer to um, the year being over. So I'm not, I'm not. I usually rush, but I'm trying to take it real easy this year. I want this, I want this year to go by slow. Yeah, no, we still in January though. We good, man. We we still, we still good, man. Yesterday was, uh, of course, uh, Martin Luther King Day. MLK. Yeah, always, man. Um, you know, one of the traditions my family and I always do is make sure we listen to the "I Have a Dream" speech. Um, you know, and just take a moment to reflect, man, on, on, you know, a great leader, somebody who's done so much. And I'll be honest with you, and, you know, this is, I'm not bringing up race. We're not talking about race. You know, this is not that. But I do want to talk about the impact real quick. I'll tell you, over the weekend, as you know, I went down to um, Orange Beach, Alabama. And, of course, we have, I have some uh, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, Adam, who, uh, owns a condo down there. It's about a five-hour drive from Atlanta. And I took, of course, Candace and Trey down there with me. And we had got down there, and um, Adam and them hadn't made it in yet. And I'm in Alabama, and, of course, we're you know a couple of days away from Dr. Martin Luther King Day. And you talk about feeling the effects of something that, you know, one person, not not just one person, but, you know, he was obviously Absolutely. the figurehead yeah, of the, the civil leader. rights movement. Yeah, yeah. The, and so we go down, and we get down there, you know, fairly early, maybe like five or six o'clock and, you know, Adam and Carly and, and Harper weren't going to roll in until like nine. So I said, all right, cool, let's go get something to eat. And we at like the bottom of Alabama and we go into this restaurant. And of course, you know, as as any, you know, African-American probably knows when you black, you know, you can go in somewhere in Alabama and it could be, a, you know, a, an uneasy feeling, to say the least, just because, you know, you and you, you, you pay attention to your surroundings. And, you know, needless to say, we were the only um, people of color in the entire joint and it was packed and you know it was just me Candace and Trey and you know we're in there and, and like I said you know I don't I don't focus on that it's not my focus so when I go in somewhere I'm not like all right who's trying to you know look at me funny or anything like that right and so you know Candace me and Trey were sitting at the table and the service was great everybody was super nice and Trey, of course, if anybody's been around my son, he's guy's son, he's a trip, man. My man is like, he's two, but like he's the loudest one in there. He's speaking to everybody. He's talking to the waitresses. He's just having a good old time. And he, it was crazy. Probably maybe 15 people, I mean, throughout the course of the night would just walking past the table would stop and just be like, oh, my goodness, you know, what a handsome little man. You guys are a beautiful family. And, you know, they were just very loving and open. And, you know what I mean? Like, it was the complete opposite of what, you know, some people might expect for, Absolutely. you know, you, you black, you're in a Absolutely. place that's not, you know, necessarily known historically to be friendly 
um, you know, to, to black folks, you know what I mean? And, you know, it was just refreshing, man. And, and that's not to say that racism doesn't exist or that, you know, Alabama still doesn't have their challenges or Mississippi or anywhere in the South. I live in Georgia. You know, there's challenges all over. But as I was sitting there and, pe- and me and Candace actually had a conversation about it. And I was like, wow, you know, not only are people not being rude or like looking at us cross, like people are making a conscious effort to say, hey, you guys got a beautiful family and they're joking and they're playing with Trey and the whole nine. And, you know, being so close to Martin Luther King Day, I couldn't help but to think and thank God for the example that he set forth. You know, a lot of that wouldn't be possible. You know what I mean? Like not only would I maybe have gotten some cross looks, I may not have been able to sit in there had it not have been for, you know, Dr. King and the things he did. And so you talk about just seeing an impact in your everyday life. Um, it was just amazing, man. I had a great time down there with the family, of course, took, you know, a, a mini three-day vacation. It wasn't that warm, so we couldn't be on the beach a whole lot, but we did get one day to go to the beach and kind of hang out. Um, but other than that, man, just had a relaxing time. And, of course, man, just thankful for Dr. King and all he's done. And, you know, obviously for those of you who know me and a lot of you don't, you know, coming from, you know, uh, uh, an interracial marriage, you know, my mother being white, my father being black, you know, I think I have, you know, even deeper sense of appreciation for what Dr. King was able to do just because I am the product of, you know, what he did, you know, like I I may not have been here if it wasn't for what he did and, 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 you know, improving the conditions for black folks and, you know, not just black folks, but but folks everywhere. You know, one of his greatest quotes is injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And so, yeah, any minority in, in, and, you know, he's just done so much, man. So I'm grateful, man. That was my weekend. And of course, you know, got to see a couple football games and that, but um, yeah, thankful for Dr. King. And hopefully, man, not only did you take the day off if you had it off work, but you did something to celebrate the memory of Dr. King as well. E. So that was yeah. my weekend, man. Yeah. And you know, for me, see, we try to do something every year together as well. Um, and, and this year, man, I was, man, so fortunate. Did something that I, I, usually, you know, my parents and I and my family, you know, we come together, we go to, um, in Detroit, uh, there is a beautiful uh, Black Arts Museum, uh, Charles Drew, and so we usually do that. We usually um, go to dinner, you know, and just really sit down as a family and kind of talk about, you know, how far we've come and what we're going to do as a family to continue this legacy, you know, and continue to make um, you know, America and the world a better place. Um, but I was fortunate this year to go to St. Vincent's um, home. And so there are a lot of young people there who come from backgrounds where, you know, I do a lot of prison and youth prison, but these are children that come from backgrounds where their parents had some major challenges and for whatever reason, they weren't able to take care of their children. Uh, And so these kids have either gone through adoption or these kids, you know, have ended up in this particular facility and go to school there, whatever, until they can be uh, placed. So they haven't done anything wrong. These are not kids with, you know, uh, records or anything. And so I had a chance to go in and share with them, despite what has happened to you, first of all, still don't be a victim. Still do not allow some of the the very negative things, some of the um, 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 some of the things that were said to you, the things that were done to you, do not become bitter, and allow those things to shape your life. But but know that you still can dream. And man, we sat there, based on Dr. Martin Luther King saying he had a dream. We literally talked about their dreams. See, and you could see the kids' eyes. 
there was one young lady about 16 years old and you know, she said that she wanted to move south and I think she said Georgia and buy a big house in a gated community and have a family, you know, uh, and she wanted to be a teacher or a social worker and she wanted to adopt children, you know, and I was like, do you realize you're saying that because of, you know, what you've gone through and how people have, you know, uh, um, been able to be there for you? And she was like, absolutely. It was one young man who said he wanted to be, I think, a biochemist or something. Hmm. And I was like, okay, what are you going to do with that? He said, I want to change the ozone layer. You know, and he was smiling, see, and I told him, look, I'm coming to your graduation. And man, he lit up from ear to ear, gave me his contact information afterwards. So I, I, I think Rondell said to me afterwards, like, yo, E, that's the longest you've ever gone. And I did. I went almost two hours, see, two <laughs> hours. But they were telling me their dreams and their goals. And I was saying, look, for real, it's not a, a cliche or a saying. For real, you can make the rest of your life the best of your life. So let's forget what happened in the past. And let's really focus on our future. So, man, you, man, I, you know, I don't personally know Dr. Martin Luther King. You know, I wasn't there in the 60s during the struggle. You know, I was born in the 70s. But I'll say this. I believe those individuals, you know, who did go through that struggle, see, would have looked at the work that ETA did yesterday. And I believe they would have been proud of us. Yeah, you no. Know? And I think, you, you know, I think back to the Greatness is Upon You video. And for those of you who haven't heard it, he talked about, and, and this is so funny, man, like, you know, he used to kind of shy away from the comparisons, I think. And I don't want to say shy away from it, but never direct them head on. And I'll never forget we were on our way to Auburn to talk to the football team. And I don't know what made me say it, but I was like, yo, like, do you understand what we're doing? And this was like, you know, when stuff started heating up for us. And I was like, do you understand what we're doing? Like, do you understand the impact? And I was like, yo, you are the new Martin Luther King. Like, you are that. And he was like oddly quiet. And, he, and I was like... Maybe he didn't want to hear it or maybe he was just kind of like, whatever, see you talking. We had an hour and a half drive or whatever. And I was like, yo, you are, you know, this generation's Martin Luther King. You are that. And for those of you, if Carl, maybe we could just play a second of it. The passion that he had. And I didn't even think he was listening to me, but the passion that he had when he said it and it came out. I, that was probably the most inspired and like proud moment of me and you being together that I've ever had is when you finally said it. You said, I'm that new guy. Greatness is here, but it ain't on Cam's shoulders no more. It ain't on Farley's shoulder no more. It ain't on Bo Jackson's shoulder no more. Now greatness is on whose shoulder? That's why I wake up every morning at 2 o'clock, 2.30. Cause I got my mama counting on me. I got my sister counting on me. I got my son and my daughter counting on me. I got a world that gets up every morning and watches me. I got little kids who don't believe that they can do it. When they saw me, they thought now nah, they can do it. So I get up every morning at 2.30, 3 o'clock. Why? Cause greatness is upon me. Dr. King is dead. Malcolm X is dead. I'm that new guy. I'm that new inspiration. I'm the guy you look at when your daddy ain't in your life, when your daddy in prison. I'm that guy that comes to your high school and tell you, you can make it happen. Greatness is upon you, you better act like it. And I want you to understand something. When we say that, we say it in all due respect to Dr. King. And when we make those comparisons, and the reason e, I make that comparison to you and Dr. King is the selflessness. And I think, I think you know, obviously, he did, he made the ultimate sacrifice in death, you know, for us to be here, obviously, and obviously in his speeches, he said, you know, I may not get there with you. He was well aware of the fact that, you know, he could go, but the selflessness, and I think, you know, you talking about, you know, some of the things you did going to, you know, St. Vincent's on, you know, a day where you don't have to, a day when you could have said, hey, I'm, I'm relaxing with my family, I'm doing this, and going and speaking for two hours, 
And that's not just, you know, the, the, that's just one example, guys, of, you know, why people always say you, you want to be E's right hand man. And we talked about it on an earlier podcast. But the selflessness is what, you know, obviously, you know, E is a passionate speaker. He moves people to action. And all those comparisons are kind of, you know, right there in our face. And we see those. But the selflessness, E, and if you could talk for a minute about, you know, being selfless and doing things for other people. And I think that's something that people have to understand about E is, Yo, he will spend an hour and a half talking to the janitor, you know, when we go to these corporate, you know, companies like he, he, he literally gives himself to everybody and he understands that he has a gift. And like I said, Dr. King paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to die to get his message out. But I think people don't understand the selflessness and why that's such a key for you and why you give, 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 give of yourself. And you don't get a whole lot of in return from people, right? Like there's not a whole lot people can do for you, whether it be financially or spiritually or mentally. There's not a whole lot that they can give back, but you continue to give so much in that same spirit of Dr. King. Can you talk about why giving and, and giving of yourself is so important? And for real, people don't understand like, Y'all see E and you like, yo, when can you come to this city or when can you come to that city or we need you here? We need you there. And high schools are called from California and Florida and they want E. And like, do you understand that every time he leaves the house, he's leaving his family? Like, do you understand that he's got a, a son in college who wants to see him regularly? He's got a daughter in high school who needs him. He's got a wife with multiple sclerosis who needs him. So every time he steps out, he goes and leaves his family that's a selfless act to go out and, and do it for no money. I'm, how much did you get paid yesterday? E? I'm, I'm, I know it was zero. And, and that's fine because you, you understand and embody that Dr. King spirit of selflessness. And why has that ever since I've known you? Um, and that's one of the things I, I greatly admired about, you know, what you were doing. It was so selfless. Why was that so important? Is that so important? And, and how did Dr. King's example help you in that vein? Well, you know, see, I, I think one of the mistakes that this generation makes you know, people want to look at motivational speakers. They want to look at, you know, a Dr. Martin Luther King and they want to mimic his style. You know, they want to mimic the words that he said. And I, and I see it happening even, you know, in our generation with, you know, somebody like a Tony Robbins or, you know, somebody like myself. You know, you see people, you know, who watch, um, you know, Les Brown, whoever it is, they watch these guys and try to emulate their style. And, and a lot of people didn't spend enough time actually emulating Martin Luther King, the person, right? And the thing that I noticed about Dr. Martin Luther King as I studied him as a college student in the South, like I was a college student in the South. See, and I don't think I've ever told this story publicly, but one, one MLK day, this is my greatest MLK day story, we actually went to the monument in Atlanta that they had for him, and while I was there, and, and I was speaking, I had a group of people that, you know, came with me and then we just start ministering to the people that were there. And then we went into prayer. See, we were about to go into prayer. This is on everything I love. As we were getting ready to pray, Coretta Scott King came out. Mm. Blew my mind, man. The Coretta Scott King came out and she came into um, the area where we were praying and joined hands with us and prayed with us. You know, and it blew my mind. And she shared just a just a quick uh, snippet about her husband and, uh, you know, the man he was. Man, I remember that for the rest of my life. But as I thought about who Dr. Martin Luther King was, not the speaker, not the not necessarily the pastor, you know, not 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 the public figure, 
But as I really watched his movements, I realized that he was a shepherd, see? And I think that's the problem that, you know, we really have with a lot of our uh, motivational speakers today are those people who call themselves life coaches and want to empower. A lot of people are doing it for what they can get out of it, not what they can give. You know, a lot of people are doing it so that they can be in the spotlight, so they can be seen, right? Because people will call me all the time like, E, look, I'm trying to get to that next level. See, we never called nobody. Like, we were never waiting on anybody. We were just serving. You know, we were, we were, we were just meeting the needs of the people. And I think what Martin Luther King taught me was, uh, uh, forgive me, Dr. Martin Luther King taught me that you have to be a shepherd. And when you are a shepherd, your focus is not self. It's not, your center is not self. Your foundation is not you. It's the people. What can I do for the people? How can we help elevate the people? How can we inspire, motivate, and move the people? How can we help the people to get from where they are to where they need to be? And so I think that, that's what I learned more than anything. See, I'll be honest with you, and this may shock a lot of people. I don't think I've heard five of Dr. Martin Luther King's speeches. Like, for real, I don't, I don't think I've, like, my boys used to take his sermons and listen to his sermons. I never really listened to his sermons like that. I never really, you know, watched videos on him. I read his books, and I looked into his heart. I read his letters in, in, in prison. I, 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 I looked in his eyes when we would watch the Eyes on the Prize series, and I looked at the fact that here is a guy, see, who is not only one of the most prolific speakers and leaders of our time, but see, he was in the front of them. Uh, when they marched, he was in the front of the line. You know, he was, he was always in harm's way. He was always shaking the people's hand. He was always, you know, he was there for the people. He was at the church early, left late. He went to prison with them. Like he didn't send them to prison, you know, and then send them a letter from his comfortable home. He was, all, he was on the bridge, see? They were throwing rocks at Dr. Martin King. They let the dogs out on Dr. Martin King like he was there. He was front and center. And that's what Dr. Martin King taught me. Like, yo, E, this ain't about you. You can't go into this work uh, for self. You can't go into this work, you know, for, and, and, and I do see, I do get people, all oh, E, you a sellout. You know, I try to call you, say you, I can't answer. And you know me, see? You know y'all been getting on me for years about giving my number out. And I'm still texting, you know, <laughs> 20, 30 people a day, you know, who are not paying me to be a life coach. People who are, me and Carl, we set it up now, we're on the weekends. I take so many uh, 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 hours out of, 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 of my time on the weekend and we make phone calls and we're trying to get, but I got a list of about 600 people. See, I can't get to them, but you know how heavy my heart is that I can't get to them. And so that's what I learned from Dr. Martin Luther King, that you have to love the people like you love yourself. You have to love them like they're your own son, your own daughter. Like this can't be a price tag. And, I, and I'm laughing, but I'm, I'm honestly, see, I don't want to give a percentage, but I'm telling you, there was a direct, uh, direct TV uh, commercial that was out and it would say, well, Bob is $100 and Sarah is $100. And you look at all your friends, see, is $100 because if you sign them up for direct TV, you can get $100. And I think that's how people see people. This person is $1,000 and this person is $500 and this person is $300. You know, but what Martin Luther King told me is that, no, these people are souls. These people have dreams and goals. These people have callings and they need to be inspired and moved. They, you can't see them as a dollar. So, so I think that is the biggest thing 
that Martin Luther King showed me. And I believe that the reason why we're having so, so much success, see, is, is because we are literally following the pattern. Not, 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 I'm not, you know, necessarily, you know, doing the exact things he did, but I'm trying to come. And I know it's going to take years before I ever get to where Dr. Martin Luther King was when he died. But I'm trying to get to that place, that space where Dr. Martin Luther King was in his heart for the people and understanding how important it is for one man, for one man to live a certain life and to be in, to be inspired so much so that it spills over to the people. OK, so for me, that moment E was like the moment I was like, OK, we ready to make this transition. Like and, and I, do you remember that conversation oh, in the I? car? Yeah, yeah and, and you weren't even like paying attention to me. It was so weird. You might have been on your phone or something. And I was just saying it. And I don't know what mood I was in or what happened, to, you know, for me to even be talking about that. But when it came out, I was like, man, and you could, I mean, the tension in the room was palpable. Like you could, you could hear a pin drop when, you know, he would, you know, take a pause. And like even the student athletes and the coaches were looking at me like, whoa. And I, and I saw you embrace that for the first time. And I got, I guess my question is, is that the first time you embraced the comparison to, you know, the great leaders? And I, you know, I don't, I don't want to just say Martin Luther King because you mentioned Malcolm X as well. But is that the first time that you really saw yourself in that light? Or is that just see, the first time you I, I, expressed I'm gonna say it out this loud? To you, see, I, I'm going to say this to you. When you study the greats, there's no there's no way you can say that you don't think about it in your head. See, but I was so afraid and I heard you. But I was so afraid, I think, prior to getting it out of saying it. And here's why. Your generation, see, absolutely. You guys, you see it. Like, you, you know you've been with me, see. I've gone to the NFL. And there are kids, and this is how you can kind of tell. So if a guy's been in the league for eight years or more, he's probably not necessarily, when I walk in the room, he might know who I am, but he might be like, oh, that's just, it's just E.T., but you see those, the, the rookies, you see the kids who've been in the league for four years or so, and they've been following us the last eight years. So they were, you know, high school, college, pro, they like E.T. And it's almost, man, let me tell you, I was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? My man from the Cincinnati Bengals came over to me and was like, E, like, look, E, I, I had on the Pittsburgh gear. He was like, E, look, I've been following you, bruh, you have gotten me through so much. So see, don't, I, it's no, I know that there's as a certain age group that they look to me as a father figure, you know, as an uncle. See, they listen to the stuff every day, and many of them don't have fathers, or many of them, you know, have come up in a in a similar, you know, situation or worse than I have, and so they relate to me. See, so I knew that, but I was always afraid, see, of my mother's generation or my grandmother's generation thinking that. You, you know, and forget a term that I'm going to use, but like sacrilegious almost, because right. that's where they put Dr. Martin Luther King. Right. So it's almost a thing of like, whoa, you better not ever compare right. yourself. Right. to. And so, so that's why I kind of steered away from it, because I, I didn't want that generation. And, you know, that generation's big, you know, on the whole, you know, uh, writing and uh, marching and, uh, you know, you put your name out there the wrong way. They can try to tear you down. You know, so I didn't mean to compare myself like I think I'm on Dr. Martin Luther King's level. But in terms of what he did for a generation, you know, like that's what we're able to do in this generation. And what makes Martin Luther King life so deep for us is that, yo, see, we're not even just doing it for the kids who come up, you know, similar to us. 
You, you know, like you said, you got you got kids who are from other countries, third world no, countries. Yeah, I remember, and and this was probably, you know, one of those moments where you say, man, we're doing the right thing. You know, we we we, we got this thing on the road. I don't know if you remember, but we were actually in Australia. I believe it was in Perth, and we had a VIP session after the show. And, you know, there's a certain demographic, like, you know, we, we get people of all ages, races, everything, but there's, you know, a certain, you know, we have a demographic. It's usually, you know, anywhere, you know, 30s and 40s, you know, late 20s that come to the VIP session, men and women, black, white, whatever. But there was probably a 65-year-old white yeah. lady in there. And I don't know yeah. if you remember. I do. But she I actually, do. she came in, she was in, she was sitting in there and we, you know, asked everybody to introduce themselves and kind of, you know, I always like to get the backstory about how people heard, you know, about the message or did you see a YouTube video or did somebody send you a clip or, you know, how did you come in contact with the brand? And she said, well, actually my students told me to listen. She said, she said last year, you know, I was diagnosed with cancer and my students knew I was going through chemotherapy. And they said, hey, there's this guy. She taught at like a boarding academy or something. And she said her student sent her the video and was like, hey, this guy pumps us up. He motivates us. You know, this is who we listen to when we're down or when we need to get through something. And she said her student sent her a video. I can't remember which video. I don't know if it was, you know, bad as you want to breathe, whatever. But she said the student sent her the video while she was going through chemotherapy. And yeah. she said yeah. every single time she yeah. was going through chemotherapy, yeah. she would spend like an hour, yeah. two hours just watching your videos right before she went in. And she said, I don't I, I'm, a, I'm about to retire. You know, she said, I don't I don't necessarily need motivation for, you know, my daily life and business or anything like that. She said, I bought a ticket to the VIP just to come here and tell you that I love you and thank you for helping me beat cancer. And I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the room. Yeah, and yeah. I think those are the things that I want. I, I wish people could see kind of beyond the Steelers and, you know, the NFL and NBA and the videos that go viral and stuff is that people are using this to beat diseases. People are Absolutely. using this to get their marriages back on Absolutely. track or just to, to beat addiction, right? My, my yeah. friend Adam, who I was actually just talking about in Orange Beach, he runs, you know, a, an addiction uh, program um, in uh, Alabama and he's like a director and he's like a big dog and they use the videos to help the young kids who are addicted to drugs and alcohol. They use them as motivation for those kids. The UOU video just went viral on campus and everybody was watching the UOU video. And and so I think those are the things that for me, I don't shy away from the comparison and I never have because I'm on the inside looking in and I can say, wow, I see these stories. I see people come up to you in the airport and, and you can tell it's not, this isn't, oh, wow, you helped my business go from $3 million to $4 million. This is like, literally, you've helped me become a better person or you've helped me overcome some some difficult obstacle. And I thank you for that. And I think that's why I've never sh shied away. I've said it since day one. But man, it was so great to see you in that moment, just fully embrace it. And I think even going forward, you know, with you saying, you know, a few years back that the Nobel Peace Prize was the goal. Oh, absolutely. It came after that. See, it was like, you know, for real, like, yo, you can't worry about the generation before you. You know, you, you, you're not a disrespectful person. You know, you, you, you not only talk the talk, but, you know, I walked the walk. Martin Luther King put us in a position where we can get an education. I did that, see? Martin Luther King put us in a position where, uh, from a business standpoint, you know, we could be uh, owners. We could start institutions. We've done that. 
You know, I've, I've been there for my wife. You know, you heard the, 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 the um, clip from last week. I've been there for my children. You know, I've been there for my community. So I, I don't think I owe, uh, you know, the generation before me anything else. I've, I've, what Dr. Martin Luther King dreamed of, see? We live in it. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We're not talking it. We, we're living it. And, and there are some individuals that have been able to live it without necessarily having to sacrifice for others. We are living it and we're making the sacrifice. You, you know what I'm saying? We're going into prisons. I got kids, I go into a prison like, yo, E.T., you in the prison? We're still doing elementary school, see? I was in a classroom at a middle school. Not even the whole school, a classroom. You know, so we're living it. And so I just had to say, you know what? Like, for real, if they can talk about me if they want to because of the comparison, they may, may or may not understand, and 90% of them probably don't understand because they ain't on the internet, they don't have cell phones, smartphones. <laughs> so it's like, E, look, look you, can no longer, uh, um, you can no longer live out of fear of what that generation is going to think, and now you need to put all your energy into this generation. They're, they're emailing you. Man, they're emailing us. I mean, hundreds of emails in a week, see, thousands. They, the calls are coming in. So it's like, yo, I, I have to live up to my calling. I can't preach this. I can't minister to other people and tell them to do it if I'm not doing it. So, yeah, you're absolutely right, man. So I want all y'all to hear me say, like, even I have to grow. It's not like E.T. is there and, you know, like, I got it going on and I don't have any room for improvement and there's no, there are not things that I, you know, uh, uh, have trepidation about, but I got to get through it just like I'm telling you to get through it. I have to get through it. And again, see, it doesn't bother me anymore. I know that I do not mean I'm on Martin Luther King's level, that I'm, I'm that, that, you know, I'm who he is. No, but I am saying the sacrifices that he made and the commitment to his calling that he made I'm willing to do the same thing in this generation. Yeah, that's awesome, man. No, we um, so yeah, man. Just just to wrap this this up, man. Just uh, of course, man. Much love to the legacy and, and uh, of Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, just uh, obviously, man. Just a tremendous impact on us. I didn't know we would talk about it quite that long, but I think you know he deserves every second of absolutely uh, attention absolutely. that he can get. I want to I want to make a shift. Um, I I had a. Uh, I don't I don't watch much of the NBA um, until the, like the playoffs. Like to me, it's boring, right? Like, you know, it doesn't really mean anything until the playoffs. Hit. So I don't watch much NBA. But I was uh, driving back from Alabama, and I had on ESPN Radio, and I was listening to First Take or something like that, and they were pumping up the big game last night uh, between the, uh, Cleveland and Golden oh, State. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so yeah. I was geeked up, right? Absolutely. They were talking about it. I was like, man, right, it's at right, eight o'clock. Right. I, you know, I, I thought we was about to get back to the playoffs again. Right. Exactly. I was like, right, you know where right, I haven't right. watched I much about, NBA. Hey, I thought about to be, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I hadn't watched much NBA, but I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, it's eight o'clock. We'll get home, put Trey to bed. And, and let me check some of this out. And oh boy, I mean, Golden State came out from the gate and just murdered Cleveland. I was like, whoa, they, they were up 30 before, I mean, halftime. And yeah. I was like, wow. And I'm watching Curry just put on a dribbling exhibition. I'm talking a shooting about exhibition. exhibition. I mean, from all over the court. And I'm sitting here like, you know, I, of course, seeing highlights and stuff. They usually play late, so I don't ever get a chance to really watch them like, you know, a live game. But I'm watching him and I'm like, wow. And I'm like, even from last year, when we did the, you know, the muscle memory video, I'm watching how much better he's even gotten since then. 
And I was like, whoa. I'm like, this dude is on a whole nother level. And I'm watching LeBron and them, and I just didn't see the energy in it. To me, it was disappointing, E, because I'm saying Cleveland. They beat y'all last year in the finals. Like, you're supposed to be the ones to come out with something to prove. Like, you're supposed to be the ones to come out, you know, guns blazing, just ready, you know, to, to go to war. And Golden State had all the energy, man, and Curry was just out of bounds. And so what I wanted to talk about, you know, because I, I know, and Carl can run the clip in one second, but the muscle memory, and yeah. I want to talk about that and really put some flesh on that because you talked about it in the video. And here, we'll play the video first, and then we'll come back and kind of dissect what we mean by muscle memory. I know many of you saw this game. They were down by 20. They were down by 20. That's pretty much down by 20 in Golden State? No. Down by 20 away. So, boom. Multiple businesses. Right? So, but before this happened, if anybody's been studying him closely, what happened before this game happened? 77 three-pointers in a row. This boy made 77 three-point shots in practice. They were down by 20 points. He came back and won the game, but you might have missed it. Take him to the slide, see. Do you see it? He's shooting a three-pointer with his eyes closed. They showed it on Sports Center. The boy's eyes is closed with the three. Boom! Muscle memory. His eyes is closed. What was he thinking about? He was thinking about in practice. One, in practice. Two, 77. And he starts saying to himself, we down by three points. Three times seven is 21. Let me give him the business. One. Defense. Two, defense. Guys, don't worry about it. Just give me the rock. You sure? Remember what I did in practice? Seconds left. He not even at home. He away from home. He got his eyes closed. Boom. With one of the best defenders checking him. You like, I'm about to study and do an all-nighter. And your body like, please, we ain't never studied like that before. <laughs> you just about to get up and just do an all-nighter? When was the last time we did that? Right, for real, you got all your books, you going in, and your body like, ah. You won't be studying tonight. You read, you don't see nothing on that piece of paper. Your eyes is blurry, you don't see nothing. You've been lazy your whole life, and now somebody told you you can make six figures, and you go knock on the door a hundred times, and your body say you a lie. You ain't never gave 100%. And in order to knock on the door a hundred times, you're gonna have to get 120. Get up out of here, you can't do this and you're gonna have to fight, and fight, and fight, and fight. And most of you won't be successful, not because you can't do it, but you can't outlast your old you long enough to get to your new new. Okay, boom, so you heard it. And that was E-Muscle Memory. For those of you who saw the video on YouTube, um, you know, you're familiar with that message, but I just wanted to play it for our podcast listeners who may be new to the show and, you know, hadn't heard that message or whatever. But E, talk to us about muscle memory because I think that's something that, you know, in terms of success, in terms of where we want to get to in the next level in our, you know, business lives, in our marriage, our finances, whatever, muscle memory is such a huge key for that. So maybe you could just tell the people how you use muscle memory on a daily basis, whether it be with your exercise, your health, you know, your, your marriage, you know, business, whatever. Talk about how important muscle memory is. You know, first I want to say this, see, man, I, you know, one of the things that it is, man, 
it hurts me that sports has this system, you know, that's just, it's just designed for measurement. You know, like in sports, you know how many minutes you play. You know, if you've ever gone to a basketball game before and you look up top C, they had a player's number, you know, how many fouls C, how many points, you know, so the measurement is so real, right? And I, and I think what we have to do in our lives is not just watch these games, you know, and, and, but we got to learn from them. So as I'm, as I'm watching uh, Steph Curry, as I'm watching uh, Draymond Green, as I'm watching, you know, Thompson, as I'm watching these guys see, you know, it's evident that there's some things that they're doing away from the game that allows them to play the game at a level C. Like, see, we're not... Cleveland is not, and, and, and I could be wrong, help me out here, see, Cleveland is not the last team uh, uh, in terms of percentage-wise and standings in the Eastern Conference. No, absolutely not. They're the you, best you, team in the Eastern Conference. You, you understand what I'm saying, see? They're the best team. They got beat by 30-some points, see? They were down 40, I think 42 at one point. I was you, just like, wow. You, you understand what I'm saying? So how do you make, how do you make the best team in the Eastern Conference look like this is an exhibition game? You, you know, like this, this is like Like they're playing the Harlem Globetrotters. You, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, the Harlem Globetrotters no, playing. What me. was the team the Harlem Globetrotters used to play? I don't know the name of the team. <laughs> I can't remember, but they had that. The, 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 uh, the Generals, I believe. Okay. Remember, remember I don't the Harlem Globetrotters play the Generals? Like, they go 132-0 against the, uh, I think it was the Washington Generals or something like that. Just embarrassing them. I mean, and, and so no disrespect to the Cavaliers now. No, you know, we have worked with the Cavs, so no disrespect. But I'm saying the disparities between one team that's the best in one conference and another team. See, like, I'm thinking, okay, maybe five points, six points, but not not, not 30-something points. You, you understand what I'm saying? And so I have to ask myself, not watch the game, but ask myself, what are they doing? What, what, what are you doing that you're able to blow teams out like this, right? What are you doing? And so there are a couple key things. One, we talked about it a minute ago, practice, 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 practice. Just doing, just the, the, the muscle memory is the, the habitually, you, 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 it's, a, it's, it's become a part of your DNA. You practice so much. You practice a certain way for so long. You, you, have, you, have, you are obsessed with mastery. Like you're not just playing no more. You feel me? That's what happens with a lot of teams. They start playing to the level of their team. It's obvious that Golden State right now is in the mindset of mastery. They're, try, they're obsessed with doing the best. That they, they're not into winning no more. It's like, how many games can we win? By, by what margin can we win? What level of excellence we can play at? And so I just want people to understand that that, that, can, that can transfer C into our everyday lives. So in no way am give I Give me an example, third. though. Give me, uh, let me so, give you an example. So let me see. ask you. I'll ask you the area, and you tell me where you use muscle memory, all right? Because I right. want to make it tangible for the people because this is, you know, what we're talking about. It's stuff that you can tangibly use, and I want you to see because I know E to be the king of muscle memory that I know. And so give me an example of muscle memory in your marriage. So, so like I said again, I, I'm not Steph, Mer uh, Steph Curry and I put myself in his situation, but I've been getting up at three o'clock in the morning for the last, like early in the morning for the last 20 years, three o'clock, probably the last 10 years. Every day, see, I do the exact same thing every day. I start my day off 
with worship the first hour hour and a half now I also said don't get it twisted yup Steph Curry practicing but also as you heard him speak there is a spiritual component that that is is evident in their team and we're not just talking about the religious part but when they worship together like that on a regular basis that creates a synergy see there's a unity that is created with them having worship together so every day hour hour and a half worship first thing first then immediately after that see I go into you know uh, uh, getting an hour an hour and a half workout in every single day right after that iron my wife's clothes you know get my wife and daughter together uh, help them to get their stuff together for um, work or school whether whatever type of meal they want uh, start the cars up in the winter months listen to me see I'm I'm excited about ironing the clothes regularly I'm excited about warming up their cars in the morning to get them going excited about how can I help with breakfast the days they let me help them with breakfast and, and boom right after that boom get on the call uh, uh, with you guys to find out what we have to do in terms of work right and then boom we get at it we have our own worship together boom we're meeting on a regular basis boom we're looking at the week what do we need to do we're looking at what our focus is boom I mean it's the same thing every day take some time uh, to read uh, a paragraph or a couple pages want to make sure that I'm being informed you know from some outside source and it's like every day 12 o'clock I'm sorry now it's one o'clock wife gets off work boom we go eat lunch together every day same thing boom she has to take an hour and a half two hour nap um, so she can get her energy back I go to bed with her for about maybe 20 30 minutes to get her to sleep you know she doesn't want to sleep alone she wants me there and boom I sneak up out the bed boom go right back to work either we're writing either we're working on the audiobook either we're working on uh, some um, it, I, anything related to breathe University it could be a train online training series it could be evaluating the numbers to see what the students are doing well what they're not doing well F is every every day see the exact same thing if I'm not on the road you know if I'm not going somewhere to speak it's the exact same thing every day muscle memory so marriage you know getting up with my wife in the morning like I stop running I stop doing everything I'm doing when she comes out of the room at 7 o'clock she leaves at 7 30 so I'm in the kitchen with her every single day just talking just lollygag we're not even talking about nothing deep see but just being in her space being in her presence you know getting a getting a sense of her mood does she need some motivation is that she need some encouragement is she sick do I do I need to you know uh, 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 you know encourage her like what what's going on do I need to take her to you know this is the day you need to chill she gets in the car see boom 30 minutes on her way to work every day we're having worship we start off with testimonies what we're grateful for we just we just man hot water you know cold water clothes roof over our head our kids are in school you know the Lord blessing us uh, uh, economically the Lord blessing her health that she's able to walk on her own and go to work daily and you know she hasn't missed a day work so 30 minutes see just pouring in pouring in we read a scripture then we pray together every single day same thing lunchtime look stop what I'm doing whatever we're doing we stop it no meetings no phone calls boom we go to lunch and you know the place to see we don't have a lot of options here right? <laughs> we have a lot of options but uh, you know where we go pretty much uh, regularly uh, and so um, it's the same thing my daughter gets out of school at 245 I hit her what's for dinner either we're gonna go to dinner you know and pick it up and bring it home you know and eat about four or five or we're gonna cook 
But the same thing with my daughter. She comes home. How was school? We spend the first hour together as a family just talking about our day. You know, what's going on? And boom. Same thing every single day. See, call my son in the morning or text my son in the morning. Something encouraging, something motivating, something to get him on track. So, so I keep that muscle memory. Do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And by doing it over and over and over again, man, I see nothing. I, I, I'm getting three-pointers. You, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying I'm MVP to my wife. I'm MVP, you know, to my children. You know what I'm saying? I'm MVP, you know, in, in, in what it is that I do. So I'm just encouraging you to do, don't worry about the big stuff. The, the little stuff, the things that are in front of you every day. I mean, you manhandle those things. You murder those things, right? You dominate. Don't compete. You dominate in those areas. The uh, I, 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 uh, Every day, see, washing the dishes in the morning. Uh, I, hopefully, I get to it. If I don't get to it, when Rondell comes, he gets to it. The dishes, the mopping the floor, the getting the clown, counters clean. You know, the making sure, man, that, you know, whatever I can do to, 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 to contribute, you know, to the house, that's what I'm trying to do every day. The team, you know, just every day doing the same thing. Like I said, mastering the little things. So when the big opportunities come, man, I can lick those too. Yeah, no. And what's so deep about it is, as you're talking, I'm sitting here and I'm like, wow. You know, you obviously we're talking about muscle memory, consistency, and things like that. And I think most people, the reason you get in a rut and the reason you can't get out is because you don't have that muscle memory. So when human feelings come into play, everything get messed up. Like you might have started to do something a couple days and you and your wife might might have gotten to a little tiny argument or something like that and you're just not going to do it the next day, right? Or you might you might not, the, the routine that you had now is out the window because you're in your feelings. And I think what's so deep about what you're talking about is you do that whether you had a great, great day, whether you had an okay day, you do that whether you, you, you're feeling good, whether you got a headache, whether, you, you know, you can fight through those things that come, that, that life deals to you because you're so accustomed to doing it every day. So there's not a day that goes by where you're not making sure you're praying with your wife and you're not making sure, you know, you, you, you got your daughter straight and your son straight. And so those things are so important because when most people don't lose because things are going well. Right. Most people lose when things go bad or when things happen. And because you don't have that muscle memory to fall back on, I think that's where people end up getting in trouble. When your when your uh, spouse is tripping or you have a, a, a crazy day, the whole house shut down like nothing gets done. Nobody's in a good mood. Everybody pissed around the house and nothing happens. Whereas E, what you're talking about with that kind of consistency and muscle memory, it don't matter what's going on in the outside world. That's just what you do because that's what the whole family is accustomed to doing because of the muscle memory. Yeah, and let me say this to you, see, and this is not to be, you know, super, super saint, super religious, but by having worship every morning with my wife on her way to work, do you realize that it's impossible for us to have an attitude for 48 uh, hours, <laughs> 72 hours. Like, I'm not trying to be a super saint here, bro. I'm not trying to be, I'm just telling you what happens with muscle memory. So, so, so if my wife is upset that evening, if I'm upset that evening, see, when we get up and have worship, it's squash. So I get up and have worship for an hour and an hour and a half. My wife gets up and have worship for about 30 minutes before she gets ready to go to work. By the time we both had worship, see, we're in a different mood, see? Mm -hmm. Like, you can't, you can't have worship and still be mad. You, you know what I'm saying? Then we get on the phone and we talking about all the good things that are happening to us. You know, all the positive things. See, you can't stay mad. Now, I do remember years and years ago, we, not, we didn't have worship. It was so much easier. 
when we didn't have muscle memory, when we didn't have a routine, it was easier to go a full day or so without talking. Why? Because we weren't, we, we didn't have, uh, um, we didn't have anything to offset that, if that makes sense. So, so, so we didn't have worship regularly. So we can go through three days because we're not talking to each other unless we're talking to each other. Whereas when you have a worship every day together, whether you're talking to each other or not, it, it, it does not matter. Worship is what we do. There's no excuse for not having worship. And see, who wants to say, I'm so mad that I don't want to have worship? You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Like, who wants to do now, that? Now you're mad at God. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Who wants to have that conversation? Like, God, I'm mad at you too. So right, we're not having worship. Right, you know, right. So, so that muscle memory, like you said, see, is so important because it does not allow you to really get into a rut because, the, again, like you said, that consistency. So I'm just saying to people out there, who don't believe in you know muscle memory or who don't believe in routines you might want to get a routine you might want to get a routine just to keep the slide like you start loot you lose and you don't want to make losing into a habit you might want to have a routine that can alter you when you're going the wrong way so see give, give me a couple of seconds here i got a quick question for you yeah for sure so my question is like how deep is it then and I just want to make sure people understand where I'm going. But think about now, again, we started with the Steph Curry piece. How deep is it for you as an individual to have that strong as a routine? How does that now impact your team? And see, I want you to speak to it. You can answer it. So you speak to it from, you know, E being our leader. Like, what does that do for our team? You know what I'm saying? Oh, my goodness. I mean, you can only imagine. I tell people all the time, they're like, oh, man, it must be so great, you know, to work with E.T. every day. And I'm like, ah, uh, it sounds good to you. But who really want they boss up at three o'clock in the morning? Because what time you think he expecting you to get up, right? You know what I'm saying? You can't just roll out to bed at eight thirty. You know he been up for five and a half hours. It don't work like that. But Carl, you're exactly right. The example that he sets as a leader. You know, you see the leader going hard. You like, okay, I got to get my stuff together. Because first of all, I'm not even on his level. And so. What happens if somebody like that always struck me as odd, like they'd say Michael Jordan, Kobe, like the first ones in the gym last to leave. And I'm always thinking like, wait a minute, John Paxson should have been the first one in the gym last (laughs) one to leave. Like somebody who wasn't on that level. Like, you know, I'm not trying to be funny. Horace Grant, I'm going to need you there two hours before Mike get there. Like Mike probably need to be the last one in the gym, first one to leave based on who putting up what. But what you have is when you have a leader with that kind of muscle memory, with that kind of drive and passion, I think it elevates everybody's game and it forces everybody to go to another level. And I've actually found that, you know, in my routine and and that muscle memory for me, that was one of the things, you know, we talked about when you talk about going to the gym on a regular basis and working out on a regular basis. I had to find muscle memory in that. Like I had to literally do it every day when I didn't feel like it, when it was cold, when it was hot outside, when it was raining. You know, when 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 it was uh, maybe a, a weekend or, you know, whatever it was, you know, I made it a habit and that muscle memory starts to form in different aspects of your life. And I think if you would understand that as it relates to anything, business, marriage, finance, family, if you would find that muscle memory and have something that you do consistently every single day, come hella high water, you'll go to a whole nother level. But absolutely having a leader, first and foremost, who's willing to set forth that example is everything. Yeah, hey, that's it. That's all I had to ask. And and I was going to give a quick example, see, of, I mean, and, and again, 
we're not talking about being one dimensional. So, you know, see Eric talk about being, you know, family oriented a lot. We started a group challenge. I think we mentioned it on one of the other podcasts, right? Yep, we absolutely. started a team challenge where we're just mm-hmm. doing like a number of steps in a day. Like how mm-hmm. many steps are we doing? You know what I mean? Like you're, you got the iPhone app. Some people are using the Fitbit and not to be funny, but I don't think anybody else has done as much as E since we started. Like E's posted twenty some thousand, thirty thousand. He posted this morning, literally this morning, sixteen thousand. I promise you, I got up early and I was. I ain't gonna say I was competing with E, but I just wanted to have some good numbers to put out there. He put up sixteen. I had done eleven thousand. I thought I was killing everybody, but he put sixteen thousand up. Can y'all guess what I'm going to spend the rest of the evening doing? <laughs> I right. promise I'm going to put another couple minutes in. But, I mean, just to reinforce what he's saying, like, man, at the end of the day, like, you got somebody that putting that up, putting them, them kind of numbers up. Of course. Man, I mean, it just forces think, yeah. everybody around you to go to that next of level. Of course. I'm looking at Draymond Green. Uh, shout out to Dede, straight out of Michigan State. But I'm looking at him and how much he's raised his game. Like, you don't think he picked up some of those practice habits from Curry? You don't see, think he watched him shoot 77 threes in a row and was like, okay, what can what's my 77? What can I do consistently every day to go to that next level? And so, no, nah, man, that's a, a 100% correct and, you know, the results, you know, show, obviously, right? Golden State looked like they might try to run down uh, Jordan and them as the best record ever. I think no, it was, what, right. 72 wins, right. Carl? 72? 72 and 10. 72 and 10, yeah. Looking like they could run that down if they so choose. And so, um, yeah, that's muscle memory. You guys uh, out there, take, take, take heed to that. You know, these are principles that, you know, I, I'm not even going to front like they're mine, but principles that I've learned from E that have helped us go from – you know, the bottom to wherever we are now. These, This is a huge principle in that muscle memory. And so um, we're going to switch it up, go to everybody's favorite segment, Ask ET. Of course, this segment is brought to you by ETA Grind Gear, redefining the grind one day at a time. Listeners to this podcast can use the promo code SECRET TO SUCCESS to get an extra 20% off at checkout. Available exclusively at etinspires.com. Go check out the books. Go check out the gear. You guys get busy. E will jump right into it. Um... We got a question from Horace in Cincinnati, and he he wants to know, E, how do you keep your edge when people around you think your dream is crazy? Wow, you know, I'm going to be real, see, this is a quick answer, and I hate, you, you know what I'm saying, like, for my man to think, I just kind of breezed over his answer, but I don't think about what they think about. Like, I'm not even on that. I'm so focused on what I'm focused on that they don't exist to me. Like, not in a negative way. But they don't exist. Like I don't. I'm not. I don't wake up, you know, thinking about what other people think about what I'm thinking about. You know, what I'm saying I'm just grinding. And when you're grinding, man, you don't have time to think about all of that. Stay focused on what you're doing. Stay focused on your goals. You have enough energy within you. You have enough uh, grit, enough determination, enough perseverance, enough know-how. Like you have enough in you to get what you need to get done. So. Stop concentrating on what other people think. Don't 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 give them that type of energy. Yeah, no, and and Horace, man, let me tell you something, bro. Like, <laughs> you talk about people thinking your dream is crazy. I came from a blue collar family, bro. Like, my father worked at General Motors. My mom worked at CVS drugstore. So I come from a very blue collar family, and you know they worked hard to help me get through college. And I got through college, you know, and, and then got my master's degree, and then told everybody that. I was quitting my job at Michigan State in order to do motivational videos on YouTube. Like, 
that 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 wasn't necessarily what my folks wanted to hear. It wasn't what people around me wanted to hear. And I remember, man, and listen, man, for anybody out there, you got a dream, you're going after it. People, you know, whatever you want to say, hating on your dream, not believing in your dream. First of all, as he always says, it's not their dream. So let it go. Right. Get over that. But you do have to be willing to endure some things and go through some things like I can remember after, you know, me and he made the decision to start the company. You know, Candace was working, e, as you know, uh, for General Electric. She, she uh, is a finance manager now at General Electric. But at the time, she was rotating. She was on a rotating program, right? So we moved every six months. And so we would move every six months. And every six months, we would go to a new city. And, you know, they'd have events with her coworkers and stuff. And, you know, I would go to the events and people would say, oh, how long are you in town? And I'd be like, no, I, I, I live with my wife, you know? And they're like, oh, well, you just move with her everywhere she goes and I'm like yeah and they're like oh okay well what do you do for a living and I remember them looking at me e, and judging me like wow my man just moving around with his wife letting her take care of him like what is he doing right and I would kind of see that little like smirk on their face e like almost like yo you ain't doing nothing like who what kind of man just travels around with his wife and lets her take care of all the bills and I mean, I, I'll be honest, at that time, I didn't even know how to say what we do. Like, you know what I mean? I would, I, so I basically, it's me and my guy, you know, we put stuff on YouTube and then, you know what I mean? Like, it just sounded crazy. So it was hard for me to even talk about to people. And I remember sitting there and them judging me and looking at me like, wait, what? And then they get back to work and they say to Candace, like, so what does your husband do again? I'm confused. I don't really get it. And I remember those moments of feeling like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, I, I felt kind of insecure about you know what people view me as doing and, and so you're right some of your dreams may be crazy but I look now I promise y'all let me tell you something it's a whole nother vibe when we go to the meetings now right we go to the the the, the Christmas parties e I got a whole new swagger oh, when I walk sure. in there why she's got people in her job and co-workers who are watching E's videos Right. When she when they uh, ask her to do something, she's like, oh, I can't go. Sorry, my husband's in Australia touring for a couple of weeks. And it's a whole nother level. And so I'm telling you, when you stick to it and then you accomplish that dream and you begin to accomplish that dream, everybody who thought you crazy, you were crazy. Um, they'll look back, you know, and, and I think our wives even kind of thought it was crazy for a while. And now I, I don't know that they think it's crazy now, E. <laughs> I don't know. See, now, you know what I'm they saying? They might be 60, 40 now. See but yeah, for think? real, like what are you willing to endure? Like, yo, yeah. if you're going to go for something that's crazy and out there, you got to know people not going to understand it, right? The, like to me, that's the, the, the thing you have to get your head around. Your family, nobody is going to believe in it like you believe in it because they weren't given the vision. You were. So how do you expect them to believe in that? So if they hating, man, whatever, man, fuel to the fire. Every single time I would leave those Christmas parties or, or whatever the dinner event was, you know how hard I would go back and work just just pissed at the fact That's that right. they didn't know what That's I was right. doing and who That's we right. were yet? I would That's go back right. and work 10 times harder, man. So quit worrying about what people think and just grind. Don't worry about all that. It's um, grind time. It's grind time, absolutely. Jackson in London wants to know, um, CJ, what is your most important job as et's right hand man wow that's a good question uh jackson um my most important job i i would say i would say my most important job other than you know just making sure he's you know is where he's supposed to be doing what he's supposed to be doing you know on, on a regular basis i would say the most important job for me now is you know managing managing opportunities 
Um, he's got a lot of people pulling on him now. A lot of people want his time. You know, a lot of people want him to come here, do this, do that. And so I would say now, just as in my role as still his right-hand man, obviously I'm the president of the company and do a lot on the business side, but my role for E now is kind of that, you know, managing what he needs to do with what he doesn't need to do. Like you heard E, E will fulfill every request in the world. E will be like somebody could call from, you know, Florida and be like, hey, we got a middle school down here that doesn't have any money. They really need ET. I have to be the one to step in and say, hey, you know, next time we're down there or when the area will make that happen. Because he'll just be like, oh, yeah, I'm coming. I'm on my way. And I have to kind of manage that for him now. And so the roles have definitely changed before. My role was kind of just to, you know, push the message forward and advance the message. And now it's kind of changed in that, um, you know, I have to kind of, you know, keep him from himself uh, at times. So, I guess that would be the main thing. The last question comes in from Gio in uh, Brazil, and he wants to know, how do you keep your faith in God so strong, E? I mean, what's the option? You know what I'm saying? Like, God has never failed me. I wouldn't be where I am, you know, today without God. I was homeless, a high school dropout, you know, and he found me there, uh, but he wasn't, you know, satisfied or comfortable with me staying there and gave me what I needed to get to where I am now. So there's no, I mean, you, 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 you take care of a good thing and, and this relationship has been a great thing. So it's no way to lose faith in someone who has been responsible for helping you to get from where you were to where you are now. So, um, and I think what C said earlier, you know, I wake up and do this every day. This is not about, you know, when you've been doing something for 20 years, man, like it, it, I, I feel uncomfortable, like some people can, you know, go without praying, without praying, that's the opposite for me. I, I feel sick when I don't pray. You know, I feel, some, I feel uneasy. Like, I've been doing it for so long. I've been, you know, I, I've been, man, this relationship has been building since 87. You know, so it's, it's just a part of who I am. Now, I, I like to believe if you strip my DNA down, you know what I'm saying, you see, you see traces of my relationship with the Father. You know what I'm saying? So it's not an option, man. It is who I am. It's not what I do. It's, it has become mm-hmm. a part of my very, like, fiber, my very being. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I forgot we had one coming in from Twitter, E, so I want to uh, get to one more because, of course, as always, you can use the hashtag AskET, and, um, of course, we'll, we'll try to get your questions on. So T-Whiskey wants to know, T-Whiskey, Whiskey Music uh, wants to know, how do you progress when life um, sometimes forces you to divert from the original plan? Hmm, one more time, see. How do you pro- basically what he's saying is how do you how do you keep progressing when uh, maybe obstacles or challenges get in your way? So how do you progress when life sometimes forces you to digress from the original plan? So you got a plan, you put the plan in motion, and then life happens. How do you stay on track and not get uh, distracted from the go? Man, you. <laughs> So let me just, let me, you know, I want to give a real example. So, um, you know, been working out, you know, and I had a certain goal in mind. And unfortunately, see, the weekend happened. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like me and my wife, I don't think we had the, I'm trying to lose this many pounds this week discussion, you know. And so my wife made the greens, the pinto beans, you know, the the wild rice, you know, um, the candy yams, you know, for those of you who are not familiar with the candy yams, sweet potatoes, you know. Um, I mean, just the spread, see, the cornbread, 
And I couldn't tell my wife, well, I'm not eating, see? I'm, I'm losing weight. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? We eat as a family on the weekend, you know? It's an after-church tradition. You know, so what I did see, listen to me. This is what I had to do, young man. I ate with my wife. Life happens. But that next day, I put in between my running and, and walking combination 13.5 miles and lost over 2,000 calories. You understand what I'm saying, see? Mm-hmm. I just went hard. I just went harder, see? I, I didn't quit. I didn't give up. You know, I didn't get discouraged. I just went harder. You don't build muscles by, uh, by lifting you know, no weights. You, you do it by lifting weights and life happens. Your, your, your muscles are going to shred. Your muscles are going to shred. Your muscles are, 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 are going to tear, see? But what happens? You give yourself rest and you come back at it again and boom, you build muscle and you get stronger and stronger with each setback, with, with each trial, with each tribulation. You, you, you get stronger. So, man, keep looking at the goal. Keep the goal in front of you. And I'm, I'm proud to say this, see, I woke up today and I'm right on track. I'm right on track. This weekend, I'll be exactly where I want to be. And next week, I'll be back where I was when I was in high school, see. Six so, pack? Say it again. The six pack? Oh, uh, the four, the 4.3 pack, <laughs> but the weight will be the exact same. I don't know if I had a six pack. I had the 4.2 pack. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, no, man, that's uh, that's some good advice. So thank you for that. Thank you for the Ask E.T. questions. Keep submitting them, uh, and we'll keep answering your questions on Ask E.T. You got anything else for the people, man? I think we, we, we a little over an hour now, so, you know, I want to make sure you got, you know, if you got something else for the people, we can wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I just want to say um, grind your way through it, you know? I, I, I just want to, man, for real, I've, I've heard people say to me, um, E.T., you know, I got haters, E.T., setbacks, E.T., you know, this is going on in my life. This is going on in my life. Look, do me a huge favor. Do me a huge favor. Grind your way through it. Grind, look, grind your way past your haters. Grind your way past poverty. Grind your way through academic probation. Grind your way through homelessness. Grind your way through divorce. She want to get a divorce. Grind your way through it. Ryan, you take her out to dinner, pick her up from work, send her cards, text her every day. Listen to me, grind your way through it. E.T., I got a sickness. The doctor said, grind your way through it. Grind your way through it. That's what I want to tell you. Don't whine your way through it. Grind your way through it. E.T., I want to make more money. Grind your way to it. Go ahead, start, grind more. E.T., man, I'm not satisfied with life. Grind more. Look, grind your way to it. Don't whine your way to it. That's all, see. Mm, love it. Stop whining. Get busy, man. That's it for us, man. The Secret to Success podcast. We appreciate y'all joining us every week. Man, go check us out at breatheuniversity.com. Y'all know the scoop. As always, man, we're doing some big things over there. We got some phenomenal videos, some training manuals, and just an overall phenomenal community. Uh, our Tuesday and Thursday and Sunday calls been off the hook lately. Yeah, uh, we did a sure. piece last week that was just crazy, man. So I want you guys to get in on that. Again, $20 is, is, is the entry. 
point for Breathe University and the amount of information you guys are going to get to help you, you know, go to the next level in your faith, your family, um, your business, your entrepreneurship is just out of this world. So go catch us on there. Uh, what do you got? What, what you got? The big plans? What, what's going on for you this week? Tell, tell the people what you got going on oh, this see, week. Oh, see, man, we're just working on this audio book, mm-hmm. getting this audio book done, you know, getting some other training online, manual stuff done, man. I'm excited about that. Like I said, working out, got some serious goals. Um, and my wife and I, man, and daughter just been enjoying the basketball games, you know, um, just enjoying our time together. Let me say this, see, I want to say thank you. You know, I know, I know you, you said it earlier that there's no way, you know, that people can, you know, pay you back for certain things. But I, and I know people are busy, so I get it. I'm not tripping. You listen to the podcast, you watch the videos, you know, you keep it moving. I get it. But man, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, see, I'm grateful for those people who do stop and do the reviews because mm-hmm. that takes time. See, yep. like I'm just going to be 100 with you, see, because I know like for real, I'll go to Best Buy or I'll go to, you know what I'm saying, out to eat, Applebee's, Walmart, whatever, man. Everybody always tell me, can you, for me, can you just, if I did as well as you said I did, can you go online and fill out this survey? I promise you, see. You never did it? I promise you. (laughs) I try to leave a big tip because I know I'm not about (laughs) to go in there and do it, see. So I just, for real, from the bottom of my heart, man, want to thank everybody that has gone over, man. I don't know. You tell me how to do it. I think it's Apple. Uh, yeah, iTunes, iTunes man. Yeah, Leave yeah. a review. That helps us so much. Gives yeah, us great man, feedback. I appreciate y'all, man. Yeah, rate yeah. it, share yeah. it, um, and subscribe to it, man. And we're going to keep pumping out uh, these podcasts. You see, we're coming with them every week. This is five, I believe, we, and we're we not stopping, man. And the more you guys give us feedback, the more reviews you leave, the more questions you ask on Ask ET, you know, the more we can tailor this thing, you know, perfectly for your needs. We're not doing this for us. I talk to E all the time anyway. Uh, we're doing this for y'all, you know, so you can get the information that you need to help you go to the next level. So thank you guys for the reviews. And if you're listening, go leave a review, rate it, share it, the whole nine, man. And we're going to continue to bring it for you guys. So that's it for me, man. That's it for us. The Secret to Success podcast. We appreciate y'all listening, man. Have a great week. Go after it. Don't whine for it. Grind for it. You make this, you concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity.